Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Why, hello there, friends and family. Welcome back to this week's Heart of Dating Select episode. Now, you guys, why did I create this series? Well, I've been brainstorming the best ways to serve y'all in this season, and I realized something. We have so many new people here at Heart of Dating, which I love, but that also means that so many of you just discovered us and probably haven't listened to many of our podcast episodes just yet. So because of that, I wanted to give you a chance to really listen to episodes that could be really timely for you right here, right now. And then at the same time, for all of our Heart of Dating OGs out there who've been here for a while, this could be an incredible series for you to refresh your minds about some of our past content. So what I did was I went back through the Heart of Dating archives to bring back some episodes that are really going to serve you in this season. These episodes were hand-selected by me, which is why we call this series the Heart of Dating Select Series. And as I was going through our past archives, I saw kind of a fun trend. I noticed that some of our top episodes happened to be about the things to do between the intersection of faith and mental health. And all of those conversations featured some of the epic doctors and experts that we've had on the show. So I decided that this Heart of Dating Select series will run for the next several weeks. And within these episodes, you're going to hear from the doctors and experts that we've had on the show as you become equipped to tackle things such as dating anxiety, trauma, attachment style, love languages, soul ties, codependency, love addiction, and so many other things. So do not tune out these next few weeks. This content in the Heart of Dating Select series is absolutely going to really help you and serve you in this season. On that note, you have likely heard me talk about this, but I love therapy. Therapy is the new tall, okay? And you know, if you've been around for a while, that I am a little bit less concerned with the man I'm dating's credit score, and I'm a little more concerned with seeing his receipt from his last therapy session. (laughs) You think I'm joking, but I'm not. All I mean is that I've actually dated far too many unhealthy people that are not willing to actually focus on their emotional and mental health. And not only that, but I've also been that person. I've been toxic myself in past relationships. And more than ever, I value mental health and how that can partner with faith. You've probably heard me talk about faithful counseling before, and that's because it's honestly such an incredible service. We have gotten such great feedback from literally hundreds of you who currently use Faithful Counseling. It's an affordable option to get a virtual Christian therapist. And guess what, you guys? You get a 10% discount on your first month of Faithful Counseling when you sign up through the Heart of Dating by going to getfaithful.com forward slash heart of dating. Literally hundreds of people have tried Faithful Counseling in our community and loved it. And I think that's enough proof that you should try it too. On today's Heart of Dating Select episode, we are talking about soul ties. I gotta admit, you guys keep listening to this episode over and over and over again, and I get so many DMs about how powerful this episode was in your life. So many of you have asked a lot of questions about soul ties because, I mean, it's a real thing, and I don't think we talk about it just quite enough. And I got to admit, I am not a full-on expert in this area of the soul and soul ties, so I knew that I needed to bring on someone who could truly speak into this topic with wisdom and conviction. That is where we insert Dr. Margaret Nagib. Dr. Margaret Nagib is a clinical psychologist specializing in Christian counseling, inner healing, personal and spiritual development, as well as treating eating disorders, trauma, self-injury, and mood disorders. But really, what Margaret is overall is a hope holder, a heaven hoster, and a heart healer. And, spoiler alert, she just so happens to also be my therapist. All right. Yep. Today, you guys are hearing from my personal therapist, Dr. Margaret. In addition to serving clients in her private practice, Margaret travels around the country and internationally providing seminars for various organizations and churches. 
Her passion and calling is partnering with Holy Spirit to restore wholeness through a deeper relationship with God, helping each person reclaim their identity, purpose, and passion. As an expert on emotional and spiritual wholeness, Dr. Nagib has written articles for Relevant Magazine, Addiction Professional, and the American Association of Christian Counselors. She has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Today's Christian Woman, and on the Trinity Broadcasting Network, as well as so many others. Margaret is also the author of Souls Like Stars, Renew Your Mind, Heal Your Heart, Unveil Your Shine, which y'all, I love her book. She is just incredible. So could not encourage you more to go check that out and go check Margaret out. Also, you can find her on Instagram at, at Margaret Nagib. Today, Margaret and I really get into soul ties. And in fact, because Margaret and I have actually worked together for several years, she has specifically helped me in various areas of my life cut soul ties with different people that I've actually dated. Today, we talk about what are soul ties? Are they all bad or are there some good ones? How do they form in dating? How can we break them? And then at the end of the conversation, this is so powerful, she even goes over a prayer that you can personally pray if you want to break soul ties in your own life. I'm so excited for you all to hear this incredible episode with my friend and my therapist, Dr. Margaret Nagib. Let's go. Dr. Margaret Nagib, you are here on The Heart of Dating. I'm so excited to have you today. (laughs) So great to be with you, Kate. Oh, you're phenomenal. And I'm just honored that you would come over to my house. I know you're visiting LA right now, but it's so special. And you're special to me for so many reasons, which you know. Yes. (laughs) For everyone listening, me and Margaret work together and you're about to find out how wonderful and incredibly talented she is. But Margaret, why don't you tell everyone like who you are, what you do? Well, I'm a clinical psychologist Mm -hmm. and, um, I work with people. I do coaching, speaking. I've written a book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my favorite thing in the world is to to inspire people to really be the the fullness of who God who God made them to be. Mm. So yeah, I do a lot of uh, individual work right now with um, entrepreneurs, business people, everyday people who just want to go deeper mm. in their walk with God and and in their ability to know themselves and live out of the fullness of who they are. Yeah. Yeah. I think your work is so phenomenal, obviously, for many reasons. But I love combining like kind of all the psychologist work plus Mm -hmm. the faith. Like Mm -hmm. that is something I feel like I don't find quite Mm -hmm. as often in the especially the way you do it, which is why I'm so excited for this conversation, because anything talking about brains, thoughts like soul ties, these things, a lot of people don't even know what that word is. It just is so fascinating to me. So I'd love to start by asking you kind of what is the heartbeat behind the work you do? Why do you do this? And what's interesting about it to you? Well, I was kind of one of those weird kids that knew they wanted to be a counselor from when I was like in seventh grade. Oh my gosh, that's very rare. <laughs> I just it's like, I want to be an actress. I want to be right, a I policeman. I want to be a counselor. Yeah. Um, right, right. I didn't have a normal like, oh, I want to be a nurse or a teacher. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I just, I love people. They're so mm. fascinating. And I love to figure out how we're wired and yeah. why do we do the things that we do? And, you know, ultimately we are spirit. You know, we have a mind and emotions and a personality, but our essence is our spirit. Mm-hmm. And in this world, fast paced world where there's so much demand on us, we live a lot out of our head. Yeah. And, uh, My favorite, favorite thing is to connect people with the essence of who they are, which is their spirit, Mm -hmm. which is the most powerful part of us. It's the part of us that connects directly to God. Mm -hmm. And so about uh, about 10 years ago, I changed my style of counseling to talking less about God Mm -hmm. and actually having clients talk to God. Mm -hmm. And he's an awesome counselor. (laughs) He's way better than I am. (laughs) And um, literally, Kate, miracles happen. When I meet with people, because God's because we just ask God to do it, that is, and so He promises amazing. in First Thessalonians that He will do it. He will sanctify yeah. us through and through, body, soul, spirit. He'll do it. Mm. So I get to see miracles every day. Gosh, I, I think I have the best job in the world, frankly. <laughs> it kind of is amazing. I don't know mm-hmm. if I've seen a straight up miracle happen. I've heard of them. So that's pretty phenomenal. Like, well, who knows what will happen today on this podcast? Know, right? Do some spiritual deliverance. Holy Spirit. Come. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned it the connection of body, soul, and spirit, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe talk a little bit more so people listening 
can really understand how those three things really work together. Okay. So you are a spirit, mm -hmm. right? It's the essence of who you are. It was before God knit you in your mother's womb, knew you before you were born, mm -hmm. and you have a soul and a body. So the Greek word for soul in the New Testament is actually psyche, where we get the word mm -hmm. psychology from. And when you look at that word soul, psyche, it means the mind, the will, mm -hmm. and your emotions. So how you feel, think, and behave which really that's the study of psychology. Mm -hmm. So that's your personality. Your soul's your personality, mm -hmm. tells you of your inner world of thoughts and feelings and, and desires. Yeah. And then obviously the body, you know, is the easiest to understand. Yeah. Um, but like I said, the scripture says that we connect spirit to spirit. Mm -hmm. And so um, our soul tells us about who we are, kind of ourself, our personality. The spirit is the essence of who we are, our purpose, calling, meaning, destiny is all attached with spirit. Mm, and then okay. our body is so powerful, the brain, um, it's all connected. <laughs> so we talk about them separately, kind of like Father God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, and yet yeah. they're one. And we're the same way. We have three parts, body, soul, and spirit, and yet we're one. Mm. So a lot of this also is like the mi the mind brain connection, which I've heard you talk about a lot, and I feel like is stems from a lot of our issues is what happens in our minds, mm -hmm. and it's really integral to understand really how to live out like to be transformed by our minds. Like mm -hmm. in Romans twelve two, it says that right. Yeah, and you know I'm not about the Christianese in terms of just saying that without mm -hmm. truly understanding that it's possible and that if it's in God's word, He made a way for us to be able to do that. Totally. So I find that so often our our lives are spent like fighting with these thoughts in our minds and. Obviously, even in relationship, this happens so much. But typically, these are like negative, fear-based thoughts, maybe. And I I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times I find either we compartmentalize them or we let them rule us. Mm -hmm. And even if they're compartmentalized, I still think they're ruling us in some capacity. Yeah. And so from your lens, how do we kind of seek truth in our thought life about our identities and the situation surrounding us? Mm -hmm. I love that you're bringing this up because... So much of the work I do is helping to reverse engineer what people are feeling back to a thought. Like mm -hmm. everything started with a thought yeah. and it's just a thought. At the end of the day, it's this blip. It's like the little blip on your phone when a text message comes in. It's just a thought. Mm -hmm. And it's what we choose to do with that thought that makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I mean, mm -hmm. think about that. For Paul to say, if you want to be transformed, mm -hmm. renew your mind or fix your thinking, basically. Right. You are yeah. what you think. Yeah. Um, and that that word, be um, be transformed or renewed, is actually renewing. Mm -hmm. It's it's present. Mm -hmm. And so it's there's this idea in that verse that it's constant, like a waterfall constantly coming down and renewing, renewing, renewing. That renewing our minds is something we need to do every day because we have how many thoughts you know, thousands and thousands of thoughts do we have and what happens is we innocently believe a thought yeah. and if it's a fearful thought it will cause fear and then we start behaving fearfully and before we know it we are so disconnected from our true power and who mm -hmm. god really made us to be but if we can stop and go man i don't feel good what's what's the thought that has created this feeling mm -hmm. then we can actually hold every thought captive like the scripture says mm -hmm. and hold that thought up to the light and ask God, is this a truth or a lie? Right. And so the goal is to live in truth. And when we live in truth, we are joyful, we are happy, mm. we feel purposeful, we feel like life's meaningful. Mm. A lot of people come to me on that, like with what you're saying, in kinds of, especially when it comes to rejection, I feel like when we deal with rejection, it's when the doorway to so many negative thoughts mm -hmm. come into play, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I'm really passionate about that subject because I think it if we don't deal with that properly, we can't go back into dating relationships, for example, unless we deal with those feelings we have in mm -hmm. rejection. But someone, you know, I get a lot of women or men telling me like, I'm rejected and now I feel, I don't know what to do. Like I feel totally worthless or, you know, it's these thoughts in their minds. Mm -hmm. How would someone like that walk through that? That's so hard because <laughs> we've all been there, I'm sure. Yeah. We've all been rejected by someone we really cared about. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a powerful feeling and it and it and it's it's a it's a tough reality that you yeah. come into a relationship, you have a hope expectation, and the other person doesn't really meet you halfway. It's not a mm -hmm. good fit for them. And I think ultimately in the beginning is really just letting per that person feel that and yeah. validating that that that's absolutely 
understandable that you feel that way mm -hmm. because you this was something you really wanted that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So it's about grieving that relationship and what you had hoped for that relationship. Yeah. And then at some point it's about stepping back and saying, okay, if it's not this one, mm -hmm. then there's something else out there for me. Mm. And then really challenging the thought, am I was I rejected? Am I rejected? Mm. I think if you if you really challenge that thought, you might surprise yourself mm. as to what the answer is. Cuz sometimes I say a lot of times what we the lies we feel in rejection usually a lot of times didn't start from that place. Mm -hmm. Like they probably started from a place previously in your life, a lot of times in childhood. Yeah. And if we can get to a place where we're grieving, but then challenge, eventually challenge those thoughts, mm -hmm. we can maybe uncover and get to the deeper layers of, well, why, where did this come from? I don't know if it started even with this person. The rejection is starting somewhere else. That's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have that feeling, right? Where you feel something and, and a part of you is like, this feels more than it should be. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to deny that, but yet there's some part of you. And I think that is a clue that maybe there's something else here that this triggered mm -hmm. that wants to be healed. It's, a, it's an invitation to look at that and, and heal that um, mm -hmm. and to bring that into your present. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that idea of, you know, really going deep and seeing what's there and, and healing through. that. Yeah. yeah. So something I heard you say is that we should feel all the feels because if we don't, then we can't actually change the thought. Mm -hmm. And so maybe talk about what that means and the consequences of if we don't feel the feels. <laughs> feel all <laughs> because the I feels. think feelings have a bad rep sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They do. Well, we like the good ones. Yeah. Happy, yeah. joy, peace. And, you know, so many times my clients, like, they want the good ones, but they don't want the anger or the sadness or the despair, <laughs> yeah. which is understandable. But the way we're designed, it doesn't work that way. It's mm -hmm. You can't pick and choose. The minute you shut off one feeling, you dampen all the other feelings. Mm -hmm. So you shut off anger or sadness, and you actually dampen your ability to have have joy or happiness. Yeah, so if, if we can understand that really feelings are not our enemies, they come from a thought. You had a thought and that mm. thought creates a feeling. If it's a scary thought, if it's an unhappy thought, it will create an unhappy feeling. Mm. And so if you can go back to the thought and once again challenge that thought, you can actually change your feelings. Mm. So our feelings are like our own little personal prophets. They're, gui <laughs> they're guiding us. They're trying to help us. Mm. You know, it's, it's like the the dash you know the dashboard in your car it's signaling something right and so if you can just reverse engineer it back to the thought or the situation it's a clue it's a clue mm. as to what you need it could be a boundary it could be a need that you haven't gotten met it could be lots of different things mm. so we have to be able to feel the feels got to feel the feels and for i mean i feel like it's specifically harder in some ways at least who I come in contact with, with the topic of dating a lot for guys that they don't want to feel their feelings because it shows weakness. But I just feel like obviously that's such a a bad script we've been told. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know if you have specific advice for men more so. But Yeah, I mean, I agree. Men, I think, are in some ways are taught not to taught to be strong. Yeah. So they're not they're not shame. It's shameful for a man to feel weak. And so yeah. feelings like sadness or things like that. Um, amazingly though, I have a lot of female clients that, oh, that also struggle with really feeling. Yeah. And so I think we all struggle on some level because maybe we've gotten messages about feelings. We've all gotten them. Yeah. And so those are lies that we're believing. And so mm. that's an area that I love to bring people to is God, are there any lies that I'm believing about my feelings? Mm. God, how do you feel about my feelings? Mm. Why did you make them? What do you think about them? And just giving people a healthy understanding that feelings are so just a part of being human. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I love Jesus because Jesus was fully human <laughs> and we yeah. saw all the feels. All we saw him feels. angry enough to turn over tables. Yeah. We saw him sad enough to cry blood. Mm. You know, all of it was there and mm. um, they're beautiful. They're beautiful, beautiful. And every feeling has a gift when we allow ourselves to feel them. Mm. So for example, the gift of anger, which anger is my personal unfavorite emotion, not, not, not my favorite. That's the one I like to avoid. The gift of anger is strength because mm. anger is about a boundary. And so in dating especially, boundaries are so important to, mm. to have your strength and your sense of self. Yeah. Um, and in the same way, the gift of joy is actually strength as well. So 
So awesome. there's gifts to every feeling if you're if you let yourself go there. So that's the gift possible if you experience that feeling. That's what right. you're saying. Wow. Right. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, anger is a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. And getting anger out of our body, I feel like, is really important. <laughs> like, yes. Like Absolutely. Processing it out. Yeah. Well, every emotion, I mean, we feel emotions in our body. And yes. so when you stuff emotions, you're stuffing in your, your nervous system and in your body. And right. over time, that affects us. We get sick. We get chronic fatigue. We get all these things. We can't sleep. That's what I tell people, too. Until I really read that book, The Body Keeps the Score, which is mm-hmm. huge. And Great book. Like thick, but like very interesting. Yes. It, like I didn't really realize the amount that trauma lives in the body. And mm-hmm. we've talked about that when yeah. we've when things have come up and I can feel it like my yep. hands will start sweating or yep. my whole body reacts. Yep. And it's like that most likely is indicating that trauma might be living within me still. Someplace. Yeah. Yeah. That something in your even just stress you know, our tension, something, mm-hmm. some emotion around an event that wasn't fully expressed. Mm-hmm. It's got to go somewhere. It doesn't just go away when you decide not to feel something. It goes, <laughs> it stays inside. So for someone who, and this I'm sure isn't an easy answer, but who has found themselves like their body has just held everything in for mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. Where did they even begin? Like, because yeah. it may have been for years and yeah. now they're like hearing this or realizing maybe I do need to tap into mm-hmm. diving into those feelings, emotions, getting that out of my body and my system. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't hurt to see a counselor. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it. Yes. <laughs> you might not want to completely venture in that, at least love, initially all yeah, by yourself. Totally agree. But really, it's just as simple as being in the present moment, like calming your mind, getting into your body. And you can even just ask God a simple question. God, is there any tension I'm holding in my body or stress or, or, or trauma that I'm holding in my body that you'd mm-hmm. like to help me release? Mm-hmm. And then you just scan your body and you notice, is there any place where there's some tension? Mm-hmm. And then what I tell, say, for example, someone's like, oh, I feel tightness in my chest. Okay. So then I would just have you stay with the tightness in your chest mm-hmm. and allow it to release. How do we do that? You just watch it and you be with it mm-hmm. so that it can actually move and release. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes people will say, you know, if they give it a, they give it a second and they're like, wow, it's really, it's getting better. It's getting yeah. lighter. It's yeah. moving. And, and. And it's so simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so simple and yet so powerful. It is so powerful. I had never really done that before we worked together, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like I come with like a lot of tension in my body for many reasons. And also because I have weird back issues, shoulder issues. But then it just is exasperated by all of these other deeper traumas and emotions mm-hmm. that just live there. Yeah. Whether or not it's from an injury. Um, okay. So... Um, in understanding this framework, I kind of want to take um, a fork and go over here to the topic of soul ties. So I brought this up in on the podcast or on our Instagram and in our private group and kind of asked people what their questions were about it. And I was really surprised to hear and see that lots of people don't even know what a soul tie is. Mm-hmm. And then there's lots of questions from there, but love to maybe dive into having you tell us what is a soul tie? Yeah, it's actually, it was new to me up until, you know, about 10 years ago as well. But since I've learned about it, it has, it it was like this aha moment for me. And it Mm -hmm. has been an aha moment for my clients. But basically it's based on this idea that, you know, we are body, soul, and spirit. And that we are, we are designed to connect. We are hardwired to connect to people. Mm -hmm. And in our connections with people, whether it's a family member or a spouse, someone we're dating, we form these these bonds mm. and there's chemical you know proof of these bonds there's mm. spiritual proof of these bonds emotional bonds mm-hmm. and they're powerful mm. and the scripture talks about the the great bond that's created when we get married and we mm-hmm. have a sexual you know relationship yes. with someone yeah so a soul tie it can be an emotional physical sexual um spiritual bond that you have with someone you know and some of them are are good so the bond that i have you know with my sister with my nieces or my best friend and you know when you have that special bond because you know maybe one day you get this sense of like something's wrong i I need to call my sister and then you call Mm -hmm. your sister and lo and behold you know it's like she's in trouble and she needs you Mm -hmm. or parents talk about this all the time with their children like they can sense you know something with their children even though their children might not be 
you know, in the room. Yeah, that's with them. always so fascinating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a dating situation, you know, not even talking sexually yet, but emotionally, mm-hmm. think about dating and you start to open your heart to someone and get intimate with someone. We create a bond with them, a soul tie with them. Yeah. And then you break up, let's say, and that can be, that's why it's so, that's why rejection and breakups can be so devastating because you may have knowingly or unknowingly created a soul tie. Mm -hmm. And so that's wonderful in marriage, right? Yeah. But when you break up and and now this person's no longer a part of your life and and you feel that like, this feels so wrong. Right. Well, it feels so wrong because there's a soul tie there. And so we need to address that to help that person. In the context of, relationships then and dating. So it's mm-hmm. good because now we've established that there are some healthy soul ties. Yeah. And I think that the first knowledge I ever learned about this was all like soul ties being a negative thing. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the script I was originally taught is soul ties equals, you know, bad outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. all related to the context of dating and, right. and sexual soul ties or right. any sort of soul tie. But I had never really learned until more recently that you can have healthy soul ties, like you yeah. just said. The scripture talks about Jonathan and David mm-hmm. and how their souls were knit together oh, wow. and how Jonathan loved him as if it was his own soul mm-hmm. and how they had this covenant relationship. So wow. soul ties are beautiful. You can even and, have them then with friends. And, yes, mm-hmm. but, but it's something to respect. You know, so we go out there and we casually date or or maybe we sleep with someone and we don't recognize like, oh, this this is much more deeper than we think. Yeah. Um, and the, the negative effects of that can can weigh on us if we're not aware of how to deal with soul ties. So in the context of dating, is it like at all? I mean, because I feel like soul ties happen all over the place in dating. Yeah. Um, we'll get to the sexual piece, I guess, in a second, but even just emotional, spiritual is there any healthy balance? Like, is that to be avoided? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I don't know. I feel like that is so tough mm-hmm. to not mm-hmm. form an s- emotional or spiritual yeah. tie with someone yeah. that you're dating. Seri- seriously, I'm talking more seriously. In the beginning, I'm right. like, don't make any sort of... You know, the Bible says to guard your heart. Yeah. And I think that's exactly why. <laughs> guard your heart because, because soul ties are created. And it's not like we should go around... <laughs> I shouldn't create a soul tie. You know? <laughs> I can't do that with want, you because it's I don't want people to tie. now be like you know, obsessed with soul ties. But <laughs> how do I explain this? Like, you know, I've seen, I, I think there are times when we get into a relationship and we just kind of jump in. Yeah. And we might not even be physical with that person. And yet we've kind of given that person all of us. It's as if we're married to them. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we've heard about these dating relationships where it's as if you're married, you know, without the sex. Yeah. And those can be just as as hurtful when those end as if it was a sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. So there's this sense of like healthy boundaries and progress as a relationship develops and and really thinking about what am I willing to give and what should I give, not just physically, but emotionally in a relationship and what level of commitment needs to be there before. What's the difference between, you know, we think about like, well, sexually I'm saving myself to marriage, but how about emotionally? Like what, what is it that you're offering to your spouse that might be different than someone you date? That's good. I don't know the answer to that, but yeah. it's a, it's an intriguing question. Totally. And spiritually too. Like, I mean, people get so spiritually intimate that it's like that can be over, mm-hmm. over, um, done as well in dating and yeah. be pretty dangerous, yeah. which I've talked about, yeah. but that's really fascinating. I mean, a few years ago, that is exactly the situation I had. I've talked about this before, but I met someone and it was so like perfect on paper and in my head that I fell into the fantasy story dove in he did too and it was like I noticed myself within that relationship being so afraid that I would lose him like so afraid like I don't know what I'm going to do if I lose him which is a really is not a good place to be if you're there a red flag for yourself personally well pause right there (laughs) that's evidence of a soul tie yeah yeah and what you just said I felt like I was auditioning to be his wife. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, let me do all the wife-like things wow. without yeah. being a wife. Yep. And just all of it, anything. I gave it all away, you wow. know, yeah. and not sexually all away, but, you know, it, it was 
every other part of me, I'm like, here, have it all. It's like, so then when it gets rejected, it's so crushing, crushing, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, you, Mm -hmm. I gave you my very best Mm -hmm. wife audition. That sounds terrible, but that's how I can see it now. And you rejected that. Yes. And what? You know, it doesn't make sense. And you feel totally crushed. And I see that happening so, so, so much, especially in Christian relationships. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, we're like, oh, we finally found someone. So now I'm going to act. We got a lot of committed types over here who just want to be wives or husbands and like, let's make it happen. But they're acting like that in dating, which is really detrimental. Mm -hmm. So to be really, really cautious to guard your heart because it's yeah. the wellspring of your life. Yeah. And, and just deliberate, yeah. you know, like deliberate, like just as you're deliberate with physical boundaries, mm-hmm. think about like, yeah, what am I really giving and what level of commitment needs to be there? And it's not that you're guarded in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, I think it can make the relationship even better mm-hmm. um, as it paces itself in a more healthy, normal way as mm-hmm. it develops and the commitment grows. And that's really like, I always try to give people practical things, but I think this is where you have to check in with yourself and really figure out and have, keep accountable to other people in this process. Yeah. It's so good. Because also, even if it's just you, I feel like we are blind to so much. Like our friends can be like, Hey Kate, um, no, you're like diving in far too fast. I'm like, it's been a month. It's fine. Right. (laughs) They're like, yeah, hold on. Slow down This is your tendency. Let's just like move at a glacial slower pace here. Yes. Yes. And so having that community around you, you know, you can have a soul tie with someone you didn't date. Really? Yes. Okay, wait, what? You can obsess about someone. You can (gasps) form a bond with them in your heart and you don't even, you've never even dated them. Okay, thank you for saying that Mm -hmm. because this, that I did not know. Yeah. And that makes total sense. Yeah. That happens to a lot of people. I actually, I was, I was telling someone about coming onto your podcast and he's like, oh, you can share the story if you want. Like, sure. (laughs) It's like, there's this girl that he's like, I was basically in love with her, but we never dated. (sighs) He's like, and then I hadn't seen her for five years. And then in a time of prayer, and mm. he felt like God said, you need to break off a soul tie with her. And he's like, God, I never even dated her. He's like, you need to break off a soul tie with her. So he did. He just prayed the simple prayer, which mm. I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yeah. And the next day, she messaged him on social media. <gasps> so I often warn my clients when we break right. off soul ties, don't be surprised. Like, there's a real thing here. There's a real spiritual, energetic connection. Yes. And you break off a soul tie in the spirit. And then that literally the next day, the next week, you'll get an email, a phone call, a text. <laughs> this is literally happening. Because that person you know, on the other end, they, yeah. it's like they feel it. Mm. And they, you know, they want to kind of bring it back into that place. Which is so crazy to say, but it's yeah. so true. Like so hearing true. it from you with, you know, everything you've studied. I'm like, this is not crazy talk. Mm-hmm. This is and real they hadn't thing. even dated. Wow. But he fell in love with her in his mind and in his heart. Which is, ha- which, ha- oh my gosh, that happens yeah. a lot to people who obsess yes. over other people. Yeah, it's part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. Mm. Okay, wow. All righty, my friends, here's the deal. I'm in my 30s and I'm yet to be married. As such, it's crossed my mind a time or two about my fertility and how I'm going to start a family in the future. If you're a woman, especially over 30, you've probably thought through this as well. Be honest, okay? But if I'm being that much more honest, I haven't really wanted to go to the doctor about any of it. It's just felt like a chore and also something that feels really foreign to me. But if you are curious, like me, about your fertility and want to stop being anxious about something you truly have no idea about, then I want to share with you about a brand I recently discovered and loved. It's called Modern Fertility. There's so much about fertility that's a complete mystery. That's where the modern fertility hormone test comes in. Think of your fertility hormones as tiny detectives. They can bring you tons of insight into your egg count, reproductive timeline, and even possible outcomes for egg freezing and IVF. Everything you need to know to get proactive about your fertility. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility, it only costs $159 to get the exact same information. 
And if you go to modernfertility.com slash heart, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, how many eggs you have, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means. And you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. If you're anything like me when it comes to fertility, my thoughts have been, I'll just wait and see what happens. But that's a bit odd, right? Because there are tools to help us plan and track everything in our lives, such as finances, steps and careers, and school, all the things. So why is fertility left to wait and see? Knowledge is power. And when you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, your health, and your future. There aren't many decisions bigger than having a child, but for many women, their fertility is a big question mark. So if you do want kids today or maybe one day in the future, you need information to make the decision that's best for you. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash heart. That means your test will only cost $139 instead of the several hundred or even a thousand plus dollars it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash heart. That's modernfertility.com slash heart. Let's move into kind of the sexual soul tie because this is a huge thing that is really, really tough. And I mean, in the context of the way I used to live my life in a past relationship where it was a deeply abusive relationship, I did have sex with this guy. And when it finally did get abusive, we were still having sex. But that specific bond is literally what kept me with him and my codependent nature of wanting thinking and believing that he was going to change. But he was verbally, emotionally, all these ways, physically abusing me. And but my mind was set on the fact that I would never have that connection with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he could be so terrible to me and then it would come back and he would come back and start saying nice things and we would start kissing. And then I would it would go from there. And I was like, well, see, it's amazing. It's going to be fine. I can't live without him. And it was so toxic, Margaret. Like and it went on for two and a half years that I could not break out of that. Yeah, so I it's so real, and I can talk about it from my personal experience. And so I just want to kind of talk about the sexual soul tie, what that does, and why that's so can be especially bad outside of marriage. <laughs> yeah, we don't realize that spirituality and sexuality there there's a convergence there, mm. and whether or not it's a one night stand or whatever, something is happening spiritually in that connection. It's just how God designed it. You can't really get away from it. Yeah. And so here was this person, and even though he was abusing you, mm-hmm. you know, you felt this pull to stay with him. Mm-hmm. When I'm sure, even in you know, in those sane moments, you probably thought, "I, I need to get out of this." But right. that that feeling of like, I can't not think about them, I can't not be with them. Mm-hmm. That's an example of a soul tie, a strong soul tie, and an, obviously an unhealthy soul tie. Yeah. So what happens is it, it there's the physical piece, there's the emotional piece, there's the spiritual piece, and and now we're kind of on this other level of you can't. You've got to break it physically by being separate from the person, but then you've now got to break it spiritually. Mm. And the way we break things spiritually is in the spirit. We, we speak it on our lips and we say, you know what? I'm no longer going to partner with this unhealthy soul tie. And we, and we, we break it off and we ask God to help us to break it off. Mm. And I know it sounds so simple. It's like, well, it's just a prayer. Well, that's how we deal with things in the spirit. We pray. Wow, so and so what needed to happen that in that situation, obviously, was a lot of emotional healing Yeah, because there's probably some manipulation there involved oh, yeah. with your emotions. Yeah. And he knew how to like find that need deep in your heart and cultivate mm-hmm. it just enough, yeah. you know, and, but then kind of keep you in this bind. So there's the emotional healing, there's the physical healing, and then that spiritual healing of recognizing, okay, now there's like spiritual stuff attached to this. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'm not going to partner with this manipulation, with the abuse, with mm-hmm. what's that, what, what, whatever is happening here in, on a spiritual nature. And mm-hmm. so I choose to break that off in Jesus name. You know, the prayer is really simple. I choose today to break off every unhealthy body, soul, and spirit tie with so-and-so, yeah. I take back everything that belongs to me, wash in the blood of Jesus. I give back whatever belongs to him or her, wash in the blood of Jesus, mm. and I bless them, and I release mm. them, and I forgive them for how they might have hurt me. 
Yeah. And it's powerful. It's really powerful. Oh, it's so powerful. I, and that it, soon after that relationship ended, I did go on a retreat where it was more my first time, probably really, it was a retreat to hear the voice of God. And mm-hmm. through that and doing some inner heal, I started doing more inner healing and actually working on breaking off soul ties. I'd never even knew that existed before yeah. slash knew I could break off anything in the spirit. And yes. it was so crazy and powerful. Mm-hmm. And God gave me pictures and just like I could visualize it happening. It's it's incredibly powerful and a simple. But one question in that, is it only once? Do you do it once or can does it re-come back up? I mean, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Ideally, you'd want to do it once, right? Yeah, but yeah. healing is a process. Yeah. And so I, I just tell people, if for whatever reason, you've now reconnected that soul. I mean, we, you can reconnect. You can break it off and then reconnect, to get, reconnect it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's fine to pray it um, mm-hmm. more than once, for sure, if mm-hmm. needed. Um, especially given sometimes breakups are, you know, you break up, you get back together, you break up, you get back together. Or you have a conversation with them. You have and a conversation like, and you feel yeah. that reconnecting. So yeah, it's fine to pray that prayer whenever you feel like you need it. And mm-hmm. I pray that prayer not just with like romantic relationships, but I've prayed it with jobs. I've prayed it. You can even have a soul tie with an inanimate object. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, so like our phone? Here, 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 before, okay. before, yeah. <laughs> Oh, your phone. You know, you, you might just have a soul tie with your phone. I, mean, I am on Instagram a lot. Instagram. So. Um, addictions. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Someone can have a soul tie with food, pornography. Oh. Think about pornography. Yes. There's definitely a soul tie there. Wow. Yeah. So and I choose today to lot. break off every, yeah. you know, ungodly soul tie with porn- whatever it is, pornography, with food, with whatever that thing is that you've become obsessed about, that you have gotten, you have you have, it has become your source. Mm. It's kind of become your mini God. Mm. So you better believe that's a spiritual, yeah, that's a soul tie. Wow. Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. But I never really thought about that before. I'm learning. So, I always learn so much from you. I'm just like not composing this interview. I'm like, what? <laughs> learning. <clears throat> that's so fascinating. And porn is a huge problem we've talked about before. That mm. happens a ton in dating, in marriage mm. as well, but in dating and yeah. Yeah, to the fact that people don't realize probably in that that there's a soul tie happening. Yeah. And and it's like, because it is an addiction. It's right. totally an addiction. Yeah. What about gaining soul ties or having them form from, and when you don't have sex, but mm-hmm. is can sexual soul ties still be formed from not having actual intercourse per se? Um, a soul tie is a soul tie. So whether it was open and created through sex or physical or emotional, you know, at the end of the day, it still creates a soul tie. So, yeah. I, you know, making out, being physical with someone, sure. I think that, you know, that's, it's intimate. Mm. It's yeah. intimate. So, sure. Well, because in, in the Christian world, we, everyone wants to know, like, how do we toe the, the line? line? Exactly. And <laughs> it's, the line? it's yeah. so for me, it's like, come back to where your heart is on this and where. Yeah. You really have to get right of where you feel yes. is right with yeah. you and what, what God is saying and yeah. like align that for yourself. It's very hard for me to give people exact advice mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. But I do think in relationships, mm-hmm. it will create soul ties. So Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's really black and white really... areas in the Bible and then there's the gray. And, you know, that's where I really, that's where I say, you know what? Let's talk to Father God about this. <laughs> yeah. Because that's where I go, oh, I'm not even going to attempt to, you know, help this person figure out a line. I'm certainly not going to tell them the line, Mm -hmm. but why don't you talk to God? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not going to argue with whatever line God gives you Mm -hmm. and God knows you and what you need. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to know the answer to that, he'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) He will. will. You might not like it. I don't know, but he will. What about for people though that don't even, so let's get, talk about some of that like spiritual healing a lot of people may never feel like they've ever even heard from God. So if you think about it, our early relationships are, are all a mirror to us of what God is like. Mm-hmm. So you've heard people say, you know, you can't help but think about Father God the way you were you were parented by your father. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, Holy Spirit's the, the comforter, the nurturer, the teacher, the guide. Well, gosh, that kind of sounds like the roles that moms take. Mm-hmm. Jesus was fully man, fully God. He's, he's our friend. He's our companion. Well, that's mm-hmm. similar to our siblings and our mm-hmm. friends and our spouses. So if I have a wound, an unmet need or a hurt, let's say from my dad Mm -hmm. around, you know, provision, Mm -hmm. 
then I'm going to struggle. I'm going to know in my head that the scripture says God will provide for every need, but I'm going to struggle and and really believe that God's going to help me pay my rent next month, Mm -hmm. right? And I may know that I should trust God, but I, I struggle. Well, for me, I struggle because in the in the human world, I was actually wounded in that area. Mm. Inner healing ministry helps identify what those blocks and wounds are. Mm. And through a process of letting God do the work, um, heal those wounds, and then replace them with the truth. So you're mm. hearing it from God directly. And the goal is for them to get to that place where they know that they know that they know what the truth is now. Mm. And the lie no longer has a hold on them. And as we as we heal those wounds that we have with people, that all of a sudden I can connect to God in a way that I couldn't before, mm-hmm. and I can hear Him more clearly. So let's say you had a dad that wasn't very emotionally or verbally affectionate, yeah. and let's say your love language is is words. Let's yeah. say your love language was words, but your dad didn't do that. Right, you're going to struggle mm-hmm. to feel loved from Father God. You're going to think, well, Father God's up in the sky, but He doesn't really talk to me. Yeah. Well, that's your dad. So as we forgive your dad for that, all of a sudden it's like the channels start to open and you're able to now receive from Father God what you couldn't receive from your dad or your Mm -hmm. mom or your sister, whoever it is. Wow. So it's super, super powerful and it's a big chunk of what I do with clients because, I don't know, I have yet to find anything as powerful as inner healing and actually connecting people with God and letting God do the work. Mm, that's so amazing so through the scope of a session people come and sometimes they're like well i don't, I don't really hear god and i'm like yeah, it's okay yeah, it's all right <laughs> you know just notice what you sense think and feel mm. the scripture says my sheep hear my voice mm-hmm. so whether you realize it or not he is talking yeah there's just some wounds and lies in the way and as we heal those and we'll in you know within minutes they'll start to heal and you'll you'll notice well i, I get this idea in my head oh what that's weird. I would never think that. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I love, my favorite is when we're doing a session and people are like, I don't hear, I don't hear, I don't hear. And then all of a sudden we ask God a question and they go, oh my God. And I'm like, exactly. Like they're starting <laughs> to hear things that they know is not them. Mm. And then it clicks. Oh, God gives me pictures or, oh, mm. I get feelings in my body. There's lots of different ways that we can connect and hear God's voice. I love that. I mean, it's a beautiful thing because ever since I started connecting more to God in this way and the spirit this way, it's just, it's so, it's so exciting. It's like beautiful. I mean, God gives me pictures and visions and I, I've always been a photographic memory kind of girl. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense for me that like I would memorize or memorize directions or the way things looked. So obviously God speaks to me a lot of times giving me pictures and visions and it's so fun. It's so fun. It is fun. But at first, like years ago, that was kind of hippy dippy to me. Not going to lie. Or like, yeah, it was a little scary. I mean, and probably for even a lot of people listening, they're like, what? Especially Mm -hmm. if they go to a church that's way, you know, that's not as word and spirit driven. That's more word driven. Mm -hmm. this is probably like what are you guys talking about right now (laughs) but but I think it's so important and valuable I don't really know how I would have truly broken off some of the soul ties or chains from my past or healed if I hadn't stepped into hearing God in this way absolutely I mean there's no way fully it's hard it's hard without God to fully heal some things and I love that you brought up the word and the scripture and the bible is so important Mm -hmm. um And the scripture also talks about the rhema word, which means the word for today, like the literal, you know, today as you ask him, what does he tell you about today? Not just the word from the scripture. Mm. So I just tell people, well, you want to give it a try, you know, like (laughs) you have nothing to lose. (laughs) Why not? Um, Even now people can, you know, just sit there and just, just ask God, is there anything that you have for me today? Mm. And then just notice, notice what you sense. The more you ask, the more he gives mm. and it's, he'll surprise you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Margaret, this has been so phenomenal. Okay. I end every interview asking the same question and you know this question, but everyone asks, you have to get asked it because everyone does. So okay. you got to give us your final nugget of dating advice. Oh I know you gosh, have lots of people no in dating situations, myself included. <laughs> I know because you've helped me yeah, with everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, this question was a little stressful for me. I was like, oh, my gosh, no pressure. Dating advice. Dating so complicated. I myself am single, so I'm like, who am I to give dating advice? No. But, okay, so I have a couple things. One is is really staying connected with yourself 
and knowing yourself and seeing yourself the way God sees you. Because dating is stressful. We are going to be rejected. Mm-hmm. You know, we're two broken people <laughs> trying to date. You know, and to it, come together and it's, it's like, messy. Yep. It's messy. And, you know, it pulls for every insecurity. And so it's so important for me to know who I really am. And, it, and it's a wonderful exercise in connecting with that. Mm. And then I think the other thing is to really let God be your wingman. Mm, and wow. I love talking to my girlfriends about all that stuff. And you know, I've got my speed dial and all that <laughs> with my friends when it comes to dating and, and, and guys. But ultimately, I need to discipline myself sometimes and just sit there with God and go, God, that hurt. That was an owie. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like that a guy, whatever it was, you know. And to let Father God minister to me is the most powerful thing. Mm. And to let him continue to speak to me and to not do it alone mm-hmm. and he really does have a plan yeah and when i let him lead the show it's much better than when i'm trying to make something happen oh man isn't it ever yeah. i don't think anything good in my life has come from me taking the reins right? but it's hard for me I as a know. three we like to make things happen <laughs> like but i can i do it god can't i they'll like me if i just perform a little more right mm-hmm. oh gosh like these awful little things i yeah. believe so good. Like God, that's a whole nother podcast, Kate. That's yeah, I know, podcast. I know, I know. We could go on so many different tangents. Okay, Margaret, if people want to connect with you because you're phenomenal or get your book, which I love. Yeah. How do they do any of that? That's a great question. I do have a website. It's thedunamisproject.org. T-H-E-D-U-N-A-M-I-S project.org. Or, but, but you know what? Even better, just go on to Instagram or Facebook mm-hmm. and connect with me there. That's probably the best way. Okay, we'll include all of that. Yeah. And they can get your books. They can like get stars. my books. I love like it. Stars. It's yes. great. Thank I you. I have it over there. Yep. Margaret, thank you so much for coming on thank today. It's so great. All right, my friends. I hope you enjoyed hearing from today's incredible expert. There are a lot of stigmas around mental health, and I hope that with this Heart of Dating Select series, we can begin to break those stigmas. There is truly no shame in needing to work on yourself or get help. And even more so, I think it is actually the wise thing to do to admit that you can't do it alone and you need to talk to someone. Last thing I want to say here. If you want to stay connected with us, come over and join the party on Instagram at at Heart of Dating and at Kateness. We have tons of new, helpful, and fun content up there each and every week just for you. And then lastly, if you want to get more connected with others in this Heart of Dating community, make sure to check out our private Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash heart of dating. In this community, we have upwards of 6,000 singles doing life together each and every week. So make sure to check it out there. All right, y'all, that's it for today's Heart of Dating Select episode. I will see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.